I'm fully naked, she's fully naked, we slide underneath the sheets. The switch for sexual desire has been turned off and I just feel like I'm at home. Within her, I find home. Before I knew it, I had hoisted her up onto my hips, slid my cock in a realm of sensory experience that transcends what the conscious mind can even contemplate in the moment. You can only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Bold Dojo Podcast. We're at the home of self-cultivation, a place where we can just dive into social dynamics, where we can understand how best to interact with other human beings and learn about ourselves in relation to others. If you have any questions or personal stories that you would like to get my feedback on, you can always send them through at bolddojo.com, B-O-W-L-D-O-J-O.com, any one of the contact forms there. Or you can also reach out to me on social media, on Instagram at uitang one double o i tang one or on facebook which is just facebook the adam ui you guys can find all the links down below to that also if you're not signed up to the free weekly email newsletter the bowl sip you can do so over at bowldojo.com just a quick sip of social dynamics little cheeky article it's free every single week comes out on fridays australian time and also some other sexy updates from the rest of the universe and any other things that i think you guys need to know about that will not get censored over on social media once off sessions and I look forward to diving deeper with you. You can also pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, on boldoja.com. A nice five track. Yeah, we call it an album, but it's actually more of a course. Just diving deep into who you are and evolving beyond. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash adamui, A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Or also directly on boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section. There's a direct link through the website if you want to donate through that as well. And anything that you guys donate is always most appreciated and just goes back to help supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at The Bowl. So thank you very much. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Yes, sir. What a fucking intro. Welcome, my friends, to the Bulldojo podcast. I think I believe this is episode 124. Yes, we're going to get into the deep sexuality things. This episode is going to be extremely explicit. And uh, so if you're a younger kid, probably not for you. Oh, unless you've got your parents supervising, that'd be fine as well. It's going to be very explicit, and I welcome you all who are on the journeys of self-cultivation, who are on the journeys of learning about who you are in relation to others, learning to do the best that you can in this world, in your limited lifespans of 85 to 100 years in this floating world, this fleeting experience as human beings. If you're here, it's because you want to serve not only the best that you can, but make sure that other human beings have the best chance possible to experience this life in a loving, peaceful, and joyous way. And today's episode is going to be based not on a client story, as basically all the podcasts are, but actually based on one of my own stories. This is something that I experienced literally last night this morning. If I am a little bit off today, it's because I was literally in the deep sexuality of things until 1.30 this morning. And if you guys know me, I'm in bed at like at 9.30 p.m. most of the time. So I'm a little bit cooked, but I'm going to do my best to give you guys my energy today. I'll explain to you the full context of the situation, the pre-context of how we met, how the first two dates went through into get into the sexual experience that we're going to form the bedrock of this podcast. For those of you that are regular listeners, when I have clients and they send in their stories, this is the way that we run. So we're just applying it to myself now. The girl that I'm with, we're going to refer to her as fake name Sarah. It's definitely not even close to her name. She is early 20s, uh, 21 at the oldest. I am 28, getting close to 29. So there's actually a little bit of a gap there. Caucasian girl, I can say that. Caucasian and very pretty. Very, very pretty. Pleasure to look at is what I would say. So the way that we met was actually quite serendipitous in which that I was just walking the beach about a week and a half ago from today. 
just literally a week and a half ago, sunset, two girls walking towards me. I say hi to everyone and Sarah is in front. It's like by a step and there's this other girl, obviously her friend behind her and there's two other little girls as well who look like five, six years old with some dogs. I say hi to Sarah. She says, hey back. And then her friend behind her says hi to me as well, but with a lot of energy. And she's like, hey, I know you. I'm like, what do you mean you know me? She's like, I know you from Instagram. I love your work. I'm like, oh, my name's Adam. Come in for the hugs, double hug to both of them, get to chopping. They're part of the whole freedom movement down here in South Australia. And that's when I realized that I've actually spoken to Sarah before. I didn't recognize her with her sunglasses on and on that fleeting drive-by. But then when I got up and close, I realized that actually we had met before several months ago. And because you guys know, I, well, if you don't know, I do a lot of interviewing and coverage of these rallies and protests that happen here in Australia. And I'd actually met her at one of these rallies for a brief moment, but we didn't have a connection as is the case with many people because I just shake hands, hugs, and then I got to keep moving and keep interviewing, et cetera. So she shoots me a message later that night saying, just let me know when you want to go for a walk. I said, how about first thing tomorrow morning? She's like, yep, let's do it because she's uh, going away on uh, some kind of a trip soon after. Now, this is where I would normally say uh, the day two or aka the first date. However, that's not really the case because I was not assuming that this was a date. I was not thinking that this was sexually polarized. I thought, as is the case with someone in my position down here in the freedom space, that I often just go on regular catch-ups, meetups with random people I've never met before who are just aligned in democratic freedom. You know, just going for walks on the beach, chilling, meditation, swimming, etc. So I was not assuming that this was a date, but that changed very quickly. So I met her up early in the morning. We went for our walk and... She had a lot of fire in her. And not only is she a a beautiful girl, but she had a lot of fire in her personality, a lot of energy, a lot of life force, a lot of conviction in the way that she says things. And that definitely lights me up. I like a a live wire. I don't like them fish, as you guys know. We get up onto the jetty, noteworthy here. We get up onto the jetty to wash our feet off with the sand. And old mate Peter, old mate Peter, who is the tannest, the tannest, Greek man you'll ever meet in your life. He'll kiss you on the lips every day if he gets a chance. You know, typical Greek, old Greek guy. Uh, he's great. He's a legend though. I fucking love you, Peter. He comes up and he's like, hey, Adam, what's going on? And I'm like, oh yeah, just down here with uh, Sarah. And he's like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And like, as she's walking in and I'm like, no, nope, she's just my friend, just my friend, Peter. And then he's like, he shakes her hand. He's like, oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> Straight towards her. <laughs> typical, so typical. And then he goes, this guy here, this guy here is a top guy. This guy is the best guy. <laughs> And he's like being legit. He is not trying to be like a dad about it. He is legitimately being awkward. <laughs> like he's, he's making things super awkward. <laughs> but in a great way because both uh, Sarah and I have uh, quite a sense for humor. We both love awkward situations and stupid, silly situations. So this is the this is like shit you would write into a sitcom. So this is great. And uh, I walk her back to the car, her car. Like I said, this wasn't really a date date. I still wanted to infuse some some kind of sexual connection here. I want to establish that. Actually, I do feel something here. This is not just uh, like if we meet up again, it's not just going to be friends. But kissing her would be a little bit of a step forward, like too much of a step. So use that hug. I go in, I go in to hug her. But as I'm going to hug her, I whisper in her ear, I'm like, I'm giving you a real hug. And she goes, oh, a real hug. And then she steps up onto her tippy toes and puts both her arms around my neck and almost squeezes the life out of me. And it was beautiful. It was quite a a moment that we held that for quite some time. We breathed deeply into each other, feeling the chassis of your ribs expanding against each other. It was lovely. She's a little bit shorter than me, by the way, if you're trying to visualize this. So brunette hair, Caucasian, very pretty 
tremendous I said it right now tremendous ass tremendous ass tremendous legs and ass yeah we'll get to that later we'll get to that more later on so moving things forward we exchanged details onto signal the private messaging app and because I was going to be off social media as I've been doing I've spent most of my weeks off social media now just trying to recover my mind try to stay connected in life remember what real life is but she was going away on a trip and we definitely wanted to see each other at some point so that was our way of communicating and and by the way, just on a side note, I definitely prefer Signal over WhatsApp. It's just cleaner. It's nicer. It's also far less trackable and traceable than WhatsApp here in Australia. Uh, police and private investigators have confirmed this for me. So moving on, that's definitely not the point of this podcast. Uh, let's not get into any conspiracies right now. <laughs> so we we have that. She goes away on a trip. There's not really any comms between us while she's on her trip. She's gone away somewhere. And then it gets to probably... Uh, Wednesday or Thursday and she sends me a message uh, coming back saying hey listen I didn't get dead like, I'm not dead which was just a running joke between us about uh, her jokingly wanting to die all the time inside joke anyway she says to me that I'm not dead I'm not get dead and uh, I say hi well listen let's uh, let's go for a bit of a sesh the next night which was going to be the Friday night we can never go to your place you can come back to my place whatever suits and she goes oh well I'm really close to the beach so how about that I'm like yeah no worries meet me at the beach the actual first date even though it's kind of the second, I would really call it the first date here. It's Friday night, 7.30 p.m., but because we're daylight savings here and there's beautiful weather out, the sun's out, the sunset's coming down, and I bring the two rugs, I bring the picnic rug, I bring the Himalayan rug, set that up on my sacred rock down by the water. She meets me there. I say, hey, let's go for a swim. She already had a bikini on, but she didn't bring her towel down from the car. That's cool. She can use my towel. So we got into the water, and it's just it's glorious and you know, she, I'm asking her stupid shit. I'm asking her really stupid shit in the water. We're having fun. You know, like stupid shit. Like how do you slice your mangoes? What the, what the hell do you do with your socks? That type of thing. And uh, just, just jokes, just having fun as the sun is really just starting to roll over the horizon and the earth is just rotating. You see that, that yoke, that yoke of a sun just dipping beneath and you're in the waves and I pull her in, I pull her by the legs and swish her around. So I'm bear hugging her. I got her in that bear hug. And we're just watching that sunset go down. And it's, uh, it's quite a lovely moment. But this was really at the beginning. So it, it didn't feel right to kiss her at that moment. It felt like just this hug is, is more than enough. The steps to be had. We're right here at the beginning of this day right now. So, or this experience right now. So let's just breathe it in, drink it in. So we do that. I, I kind of drag her back through the water. That sounds aggressive. It was more like a pulling her back through the water. Walking her back uh, as I'm holding her and establishing that connection and she's very fluid i'll say this right from the beginning she's very fluid there was no tension there was no resistance to anything inside of herself she was just very happy uh to be very happy to be close with me and so was i so now that the sun has literally rolled over the horizon aka the earth has rotated backwards and i keep telling her that I'm like look we're falling backwards <laughs> the earth is rotating backwards and so we get back up onto up onto the sand where the sacred rock is, which is just a 10 meters up. And that's where the rugs are. So we go on for the rug sesh. But before we go into the rug sesh, of course, I, I put a double leg on her. I put, <laughs> I put an absolute double leg on her. Where as she's like, uh, get drying her hair off or something. I just, for those of you who don't know what a double leg is, I'm saying that as you're for a double leg takedown. Uh, I take her down to the ground. Put it, like I said, put a double on her, uh, transition into side mount. <laughs> and then I take her back and then put her into a rear naked choke and this is all happening within the space of like 10 seconds and it's all just like I'm making sound effects with it as well it's just like oh ah. yeah. I'm just like ah. and I'm talking through it as well which is the 
It's just I wish there could be a camera for this because this would be prime, prime footage. You guys would be lolling around that I'm commentating as I'm doing things. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to side mount right now because she doesn't know what to do. She just, she doesn't, she's never trained wrestling or jujitsu. But it's so much fun. She's laughing. I'm laughing. And I'm like, oh, I've got your back down. I put my hooks in. I got my seatbelt. Okay, put a slant in that rear naked choke. And I said, tap twice, tap twice when you're done. And she taps twice. And then I go ahead and teach her how to apply it to me. I love this. I do this with everyone. Whether it's a girl, it doesn't actually matter. Like anyone who's like new to me, I think we should all uh, be equipped with the knowledge of how to choke the other person out or stranglehold the other person out. I think it's good to have that understanding between each other. You know, keep things real. Keep things real as human beings. So she learns how to put a rear naked on me. And so moving past the jujitsu of things, what I'm just trying to paint to you guys is that very physical and that very playful, very sexual as well. And that she's very happy to partake and participate in the animalistic nature of things. The sun has really gone down here. Stars are starting to come out. But if you guys have never been to Australia and seen the sunset, it's not like when the sun goes down, it just goes pitch black. There's a afterglow and it's just like an aurora. Like you guys have your aurora borealis up in the Northern Hemisphere. We have our sunsets, the Southern, whatever you want to call it, the Southern pleasure. Let's call it fucking that because it is just this symphony of deep reds, mangoes, the peach colors, these purples, these tangerines and blueberry colors in the sky. It's just, and it's so smooth. It's so conducive to love. It is literally looking at love in front of you. But because we've already been so physical and so close to each other, of course, I'm not just sitting next to her. It's like I just side, I just essentially middle splits, do the middle splits to get my legs around her hips and just get into that bear hug position. She's got the Himalayan rug on her and she's pulled it up over her and it's kind of over me a little bit over my legs. I'm wrapped around and I've got my chin resting on her, on her shoulder. You know, I'm pressing my lips into her neck. I'm not kissing her neck though. I'm just pressing them, just letting her know that that warmth is there. We start talking about more deeper things. Start to clue me in a little bit more about her life. Start to question the nature of reality and our understanding of death, etc. And all these different deeper concepts. And, you know, time just floats on by. Our, not hours, but probably a whole hour goes by of us just realizing actually that we're almost kind of perfectly aligned in so many ways. She loves exactly the same movies that I love. And it's just amazing where it's Johnny English, it's Anchorman, it's The Lion King, it's The Fast and Furious, it's Disney, whatever. It's Everything just feels easy. You know that when you're with someone for the first time, and you know this is really how I feel like best friends are created. Best friends, it's like, how many of you have ever had a best friend that was created over time? You know, I, I feel like with all the people that I've become best friends with, or people that ranked highly, what do we say best friends? People that rank highly in your social circle, like you knew from the moment you met them. You knew that this person, we just get each other. And that is exactly how I felt with her as we were sitting here on the sand underneath the stars. But she's like a little kitten. And she's younger than me, a lot younger than me. She's like a little kitten and she's pretty electric. She loves to talk. She doesn't shut up. There's not a lot of silence here. Loves to talk about, ask lots of questions, say lots of things. And so I'm just sitting there marveling at her, looking down at her. Yeah, she's in my lap, leaning back into me, but I've kind of got her pushed off to the right-hand side so that I can look into her as she's talking. The entire time I'm looking at her, I'm just like, no, I just need to kiss you. It's like, I just need to kiss you. And that's the only thing is like intermittently going throughout my mind. A lot of the time I'm just breathing, but it's like, this is the perfect opportunity, the perfect moment to kiss this girl. I'm probably thinking, ah, here we go. So the next thing is Adam's going to say, I need you to close your eyes for me. 
because as you guys know, it's one of my favorite entries into instigating a kiss is just getting someone to close their eyes. Communicates trust, communicates comfort. Everyone knows what you mean when you say, I need you to close your eyes to me. So it's a good entry point. And when done organically and not done in a robotic manner, it is a thing of beauty. But tonight, we're here underneath the stars. She's being a little kitten. You know, I'm holding her. I just wait for an organically silent moment where she just happened to shut up for just a little bit. And she's looking at me in the eyes. And I just look down to her lips. And slowly, I move in and press mine up against hers. Our lips make connection. They touch. One soft motion. I pull back. She pulls back in. She pushes in. Her tongue meets mine. Wrapping over each other. Twice, three times. We breathe deep. And we look up into the sky. Underneath the stars. For God knows how long, there was silence. I've often described first kiss moments as like rocket ships, volcanic eruptions. This was far more analogous to a gentle mountain stream. Just felt right. It was calm. It was hot. But it was not electric. It was almost healing in a way. Almost healing in a way. And so after some time, we finally get back to talking shit. Just cracking jokes at each other, rip at each other. I poke a lot of fun at her, as is an older male should be doing, is just taking the piss out of everything she says, uh, which she hates, but she loves. That's when you know you've got that uh, good sexual dynamic between masculine and feminine energy, where there's a lot of push-pull going between you two. It's very uh, testy. And then, of uh, what are we getting to, like 9.30, 10 p.m. now? And I say, hey, let's go back to your place. And she, she had mentioned earlier back in our earlier comms, like a week ago, that there was this board game that she had that she wanted to show me, because I had... I uh, suggested playing Monopoly that I was going to school her in Monopoly. Uh, however, she said there was this game called Sequence. And I'm like, I never heard about this before, but it sounds like Sequins, like the Diamantes. And she said, it's not Diamantes, it's called Sequence. So, <laughs> so we end up going back to her place. Uh, I had my car, she had her car. We end up straight, straight racing, which I s- smoked her twice. <laughs> Even though even though she said I'm not racing because uh of fuel economy, if you guys know how goddamn expensive fuel is at the moment. But uh your boy your boy does not lose. Your boy does not lose in a zero to sixty at a red light. Uh my VRX will it does does with the best of them. So yeah, crushed her in a couple red lights. Uh but anyways, get back to her housemate's place. And it's a really nice place. It's a very nice place, pretty close to the beach. And there's a lot of housemates up in this place as well. And so this is a whole new dynamic. She introduces me. There is two girls, one guy present in the room when I rock up. However, there are also other housemates that exist that are not in the space right now. So, but it's it's quite a share house going on here. They're nice. They're friendly. I actually know one of the other girls who's also I met through one of the freedom rallies. Uh, 
I won't say her name. Maybe I'll give her a fake name. I'll call her. I call her. I call her Matilda. Let's call her Matilda. Definitely not her name, but she knows why. Oh, maybe. I, maybe I call her Captain Cook. <laughs> you get to that in a second. Whatever. Uh, I made her. So we had a, we playing this board game called Sequence. Just on a side note, fucking tremendous game. If you want to have a group game, especially if you guys uh, uh, like to get your beaks wet, you like to drink. I don't drink. The rest of the, the rest of them were drinking. I had my water. They were having their their wines and whatnot, <laughs> their bougie wines. And so sequence. Anyways, I'll just say this really quickly. No, no, I won't even describe it. Just if you want to know what sequence is, basically it's like Game of Thrones, but with cards. And you work in teams to fuck over the other teams. And it's like the first person to get a sequence of five cards. And it's like a, there's like a board game that has all these print, it has like all the images of the 52 deck. Anyways, sequence, amazing game. To get back to the social dynamics of things here. That it's a good dynamic to see how she interacts with her housemates, how comfortable she is. It's probably also really good for her to see how I'm interacting with her housemates. And uh, I'm, I'm very chill. I've been in a lot of housemate situations. Do not make me remind you guys of the Chinese SEAL Team 6. <laughs> Do not make me remind you of the Chinese SEAL Team 6 with the chubby Asian nerd. That don't, don't, we're not going to do that. I've been into a lot. I've gotten into a lot of housemate situations which have not been favorable. This was different. This I've been fucked over a lot of times in housemate situations. Except to say, the housemates were lovely. After the board game was over, we said we we're going to go watch a movie and her room was upstairs. And her friend, uh, Matilda, who I also know, uh, she was getting ready for bed, but they're like besties, those two. Well, not all. They're very, very close with each other and they spend a lot of time with each other. And so we're like, we pop our heads into the bathroom just seeing what she's doing. And we say, hey, you know, you want to join in this movie? She's like, oh, would I be cramping your guys' style? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You're welcome. We're sending you the invite. Get in this. And so she's like, oh, fuck it. I'll come in. So guys, just take a swing at what movie you think we watched. I'm going to give you one second just while I get this water. All right, you had enough time. Have my water. Peter Pan. Original Peter Pan. It was legendary. It is all memes. It is all lols as you go through it that you didn't realize as a kid. We all get on the bed. I'm on the far left. Uh, Sarah, my girl, is in the middle. And then her friend Matilda, who I also know, is on the far right. And so we're just watching this movie. And we are just we are just taking the piss out of every second. We are laughing so hard at every second of it. It's a great time. You've got to be really hard to paint this out. But you just got to imagine that if the TV is in, say, the left-hand top corner of the room... And the bed is in the center of the room, but it's pushed back to the back wall. So we've got the wall to rest our heads against. So we're looking towards the TV. I'm lying down and my legs are hanging over the edge of the bed. And Sarah is slightly up behind me. She's like more raised up. So her back's more up against the wall. So I've got my head resting in her lap. And I've got my right arm just rubbing the inside of her leg. So... This is probably the first time, apart from the kiss, where we've started to just introduce that touch where, you know, I'm, I'm intentionally rubbing the inside of her legs and I'm sure uh, Matilda could see this. So about halfway through the movie and she was like, so she was very socially savvy. She got it. She goes, all right, well, anyways, guys, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to let you guys do what you need to do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? You sure? Okay, thank you. <laughs> and she's like, all right, do you want me to shut the door? I'm like, yeah, probably shut the door. So she shuts the door. But it's not like it just becomes a freak show there. We just we just keep doing what we're doing. You know, I'm just, I'm playing with her hands a lot now. So I'm grabbing her hands, making shapes out of them, pressing, caressing, rubbing the inside of her legs. She's rubbing my head, running her fingernails through my hair. It's getting more sensual. 
but we're still lolling at this uh, Peter Pan at the same time. She turns the TV off once the movie's finished and she just lies down on the bed, just on her side, looking directly to me. I'm on my side. And just organically, staring deep into her eyes. I see this, I see this light, I see this love. I see this acceptance in her face. I've been describing her as a kitten throughout this. She seems to be just so happy to go as I will. Whatever pace that I want to go at, whatever I want to do, she's happy to go with. She's happy to ride with. So I just intentionally, as slowly as I possibly can, lean myself into her. Looking at her lips, looking at her eyes. She knows I'm coming in to kiss her. I think that's what kind of makes it a little bit funny is that I'm being obnoxiously slow about it. <laughs> like we, I'm doing it intentionally. And I go in and just before I go in to press my lips up against hers, I pull back. And so I fainted her. I pulled a faint. She, and she bit, she bit down that faint. She went to kiss me, but there were no lips to be kissed. I'm like, <laughs> I played jokes with her. And then so she gets it. She smiles. She pushes in to go and kiss me. And then I go to kiss her. She faints me. And then she pulls back before I get to kiss her. So now we've got this game back and forward of who's going to be able to kiss the person. Who's going to get the kiss. And then finally put the hand around the back of the neck, pull her in. And this very sensual, but also now quite animalistic, aggressive makeout ensues. And it is miraculous the synchronicity of our kissing. We will talk about this later when it comes to what happened last night, which is only a few days later, by the way, in our third date. But right from our first, that was our first proper makeout then and there. And synchronicity was incredible. You know, when you say that someone's a good kisser, I think what you're really trying to say there is that we kiss good together because Someone may kiss with a very open mouth style, very octopus style, you might want to call it, and it's, there's not a lot of finesse to it. It's just very bold, big moves, and maybe that's not your kind of thing. So you might label them as a bad kisser, but maybe it's just that you guys are not the right kissers for each other. Maybe someone else would like that style of kissing. So, But we are literally the synchronicity in which that there's a lot of finesse. There's a lot of game of cat and mouse there's a lot of using of the tongue to express ourselves and i said to this uh, i said this to her in bed the next night or the few nights later which was last night which is that i feel like you talk to me with your tongue you talk to me with your tongue anyways this was just the beginning of that that i'm finding this out i'm finding this incredible synchronicity at this time as a hot-blooded male would be I'm, uh, I'm long in the pants. I'm hard in the pants, as you would say. And so I push myself up on top of them. I get up into that mounted, uh, well, uh, full guard is what we would call it in jujitsu. If you're not about jujitsu, think about missionary. Think about missionary. That is the position I guess regular people would be accustomed to thinking about. So my hips are in hers, driving deep into her hips. My clothes are still on. Now the grinding begins grinding my hips into her and when you've got a hard cock and you're driving it deep deep pressing it down into her if you're hitting the right spot you can actually bring her to orgasm and so i'm finding that her 
I can feel her clit underneath, like through her pants as I'm rubbing across the pelvic bone. You can feel where it is. And so as we're making out deep in the throes of this romance, it's very animalistic. She is very vocal. She's great with her voice. She she moans. She When she likes something, she really lets you know. She expresses it. When I run my tongue up and down her neck, I press my lips deep into her neck. That really excites her. It really pushes her to another level of enjoyment. And she's just very in tune with expressing her pleasure. It's it's a pleasure to be with. Effectively, at this point, we're having dry sex where it's very, very aggressive. It's super, super aggressive. It's literally the, the energy with which I'm moving my hips into hers is that of what you would be doing in regular penetration. And it's... I'm not even going to say it was if. It is definitely that we both orgasmed dry. And if you have not explored with tantric sex or tantric masturbation, it is the art of many things, not only just the connection of being in tune with your energy through sexual practice, but in a very tactical way, learning to orgasm without ejaculating, without needing for an external outcome or a finite point, a finish point. But really, tantric sex and tantric masturbation is about the journey itself. And so you can have multiple orgasms without ever actually coming. So anyways, we, we, we reach a peak moment. We reach a peak moment as our tongues are in each other, our hips are in each other. I'm grinding my cock up against her vagina. And this is all we've closed on. At this time, it is probably getting close to 12, 12.30 a.m. Now, as, you, as I said at the beginning of this podcast... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a early bird, early to sleep, early to rise. So anything past nine thirty for me is in the OT, as I refer to it as the overtime. So that was a maximal effort for me. Like I, I emptied all of my energy canisters in that expression. And just remember, my friends, for context, we have walked on the beach once, and we had tonight. That's the extent of our interaction together, and we had our first kiss that night. So for me, as you guys, and if you're a regular, I, I got to stop saying as you guys know. It, it depends on whether you, how deep you are on the content. For my regulars, they will know that sex is never an activity point for me. Sex is only a reflection point of what has been established between you and the woman, reflecting the comfort, the trust, the attraction, reflecting what you see in each other. So it is never something that has to be forced. It's never something that has to happen on any given night. And based on my energy levels at that time, based on how I was feeling about where we were in our pace, I felt like that was a good place to leave it. I didn't feel like we needed to do anything more than that. As I lie back down to the bed, also about to fall asleep as well, being exhausted at that point, she lies into my arms, rests her head on my chest. We begin sensual kissing again, but very, very loving. This is kind of shocking me a little bit that not only can she get down with the animal, not only can she summon the sexual animal within her but she's such a such a soft heart as well such an open heart about it my sexual desire flicks off it was already i had already effectively made that decision anyway but this was a confirmation that now we've gone into this real lovey-dovey kind of moment where it's just super sensual very very caressed whether she wanted more or she thought more was expected i don't know you would have to ask her but she was trying to press the heat up a little bit more after a certain bit of time. And when she went down uh, to feel me down below and I wasn't hard anymore, I said to her, hey, listen, I think we should 
probably just uh, probably just keep it here tonight. You know, I'm t- I'm pretty tired at this point. I said it very calmly and I said it with no anxiety. I didn't feel any anxiety. I didn't feel any pressure because I already made my decision that I'm good. I'm good here. And she's like, oh, and she and she totally understood. She goes, that's okay. She goes, that's okay. And we get back to kissing. But I do remember before the night ended, I did happen to slide my hand down her pants and gave her a clitoral orgasm, which she, uh, she I, I didn't, I now looking back, it makes a lot of sense now as to what happened last night, but she is very, very sensitive and she orgasms very free willingly. So uh, just a little, couple probably wasn't any more than five minutes probably just not even that maybe maybe even less just a five minutes in the right spot finger on the pearl stimulate the pearl she came to orgasm i love i love it when a girl orgasms and her legs cross as if because they're trying to block like they say you can't touch this area anymore no go zone because it's too sensitive it's such a like it's a real confirmation moment of that they've reached their peak because i remember when i was in high school when you're learning about sexual progression and how to bring a woman, woman to orgasm, because you don't know exactly what the target is, you don't know exactly which spots to hit, how to hit them, there's a lot of time spent fumbling around. Like you're not quite sure is this direction, that direction, uh, that amount of pressure, this in combination with that. And then you also have to learn all of that while paying attention to her. So not only are you worried about the tactics of where your finger and the pressure on your finger should be and the pace that you're moving at, but you also have to be aware of what stage in her pleasure is she at. Like, you know, there's there's a graduation of pleasure that a woman will go through in the buildup to the orgasm. So going a thousand reps per minute, a thousand RPM from the beginning is not the way to go. There is a there is a way to gradually build someone up that builds this suspense, this roller coaster like moment. At which there, which there will be a peak moment of a thousand RPM, but it's certainly not that all the time. So, learning as as I'm trying to say here is that as a high schooler or when you're very uh, sexually inexperienced, you have these memories of bringing a woman to orgasm being a challenge, being a difficult thing, being a very complicated thing, being something that it's like, well, did, like, did she? Did she not? Right? But then once you become very practiced and you know what to do, when to do it. And that you're very calm and casual about it in a sense in which that there's no pressure here. I know what's going on. And you're so in tune with her because of that. Then it's just a, it's just, what, what, what better way to describe it than just a home run? It's just, it's just ding, 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 ding. It's just, if it, it feels good, it's right. She's feeling good. She feels right. And that's it. And then you get the confirmation because uh, she pushes you away. She can't take it anymore. And you feel those quivers in her hips. She crosses her legs. And it's just such a great feeling. It's such a satisfying feeling as a man when you have the confirmation point that what you did led to the pleasure that you had intended for. So by the time all that fingering and, and clitoral stimulation was done, it we're getting on one thirty now and your boy is cooked. Your boy is cooked. And so, but as I said before, so we had some raw animalistic sexual energy in the clit of all things, but then like an absolute kitten, just this lovable kitten. As I, as we, as she's, uh, getting herself together i'm getting myself up on the bed she goes all right well i guess we should better get some sleep and i'm like yep and so i take that as a sign to say i'm out skis i catch you on the flip so i get off my bed and i start to um i had my shirt off at that time of course so i put my shirt back on my world championship shirt (laughs) and uh the chicago bull shirt and 
And But as I'm doing this, she opens up a corner of the bed and looks at me. And I'm like, oh, you want me to stay? And she's like, you're not driving home. It's like 1.30 a.m. And she gets like pretty like, not, not angry, but she gets pretty enthusiastic about making sure that I stay. Because, but not out of like, a, it wasn't clingy. It wasn't like, I need you to stay. It was more like, no, no, you're not driving home at 1.30 a.m. What if you get hurt? What if something like bad happens to you? It was like a legitimate concern. And so I was like stuck in this very sticky situation of which that I have this incredible kitten of a, of a young girl, young woman, I should say, a kitten of a young woman. And when I keep saying kitten is because that's what her energy is like. You know, kitten can be very feisty, but when they're docile or when they're, yeah, when they're calm, like they're just so at ease. Now, I'm not sure if you guys have ever had kittens, but one of my ex-girlfriends used to have litters of them. And I used to spend a lot of time with kittens. And when you watch kittens, when they're not trying to get food or uh, suckle from the teat, drinking their mother's milk, when they're just like fucking around with each other, not fucking around with each other, when they're just chilling, when kittens are just chilling, it's just, it puts you at ease because they're so comfortable. It's like, there's no pressure. There's zero pressure in the way that she looks at me. And the way that she looks at me, it's so warm and inviting. It's like, I want to stay. Every part of me wanted to go, fuck it. And then take off that world championship shirt and just, just slide on in. But, for two reasons. Of course, I adamantly had to state that I am a big boy. I can drive myself home, even if it is 1.30 a.m. And that I have logistical things to do in the morning, which is true. I have a morning routine that I'm very uh, very accustomed to and that do not slide for. But she won't take no for an answer. She's like really trying to like grab me. And she actually, she, she mounts me, forces me back down to the bed and says, no, nah, you're not going anywhere. You're not fucking going anywhere. So I have to pull the sweep. I had to sweep that shit out. <laughs> another jujitsu term had a sweeper and uh get back up <laughs> it's all fine though i'm saying listen i'll be just fine and i don't want to be a nuisance of all things you know because they're housemates and basically i'm just saying that I'll, it's all good but in my mind i said there's two reasons logistical reason but also the main reason is that my heart is burning here my heart is but i don't say this to her in the moment but my heart is burning for her that it's like i'm feeling Deep, deep emotional care, which is to say the onset of quite an attachment. I'm feeling myself getting sucked into this vacuum of love. And I don't want you to think of when I say love in these podcasts, please move beyond the Peter Pan of things. Please move into a far more all-encompassing, all-vesseling idea of presence and that is so accepting and comforting. That's when I, when I say love, when I'm talking about it this way, that's what I'm really trying to communicate to you guys. And just Choto, let me open up this window. I were back in this game. So effectively, she acquiesces to my request. I go home, but she sees me out. I tiptoe down the stairways like an absolute idiot. <laughs> like too slow, <laughs> way too slow. Uh, just making jokes. And then I get out and we have a deep hug and I drive on home. She wanted me to send her a text though just to make sure that I was okay when I got home. Like she genuinely was that worried. And, you know, even that right there is what I'm really talking about. Like there's just something else happening here. There's something else happening here that I'm not used to. 
I'm not used to girls caring this much, like off the bat. And it's not in a clingy way, which is what's so strange because I am used to girls caring so much in a clingy way, as in I better overindulge on this guy, press really hard to make sure that he knows that I like him. You know, it's like the clinginess is a major turnoff. Guys do it to girls all the time. Anyways, I get home, I send her that text and let me just read you the linger effect. The linger effect is effectively a social dynamic principle in which that when the masculine has honored his role in the dance between the masculine and feminine energy, that after a beneficial experience, a positive experience in which that he made the female feel not only attracted, but most importantly, comfortable and trusting that she would want to see him again, that she will sound off on his performance. She will sound off on his experience, I should say, that I would like to see you again, that what you did for me tonight was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This is what the linger effect will sound like, look like, but it is a recognition of what you did as a masculine being. And when the balance of the sexual energy is on, this is how it goes. This is the dance. You will expect the female to send that first linger message, whether it's just, thanks for a great date, thanks for a great night, etc., etc., whatever it may be. Which would infer that I would like to see you again sometime. She sends that text not only to send feedback, but also to send a Trojan horse of an invitation that because it was such a good time, it infers I would like to do this again. Literally, so now it's 1.18 a.m. that I got home and I sent her the little house emoji, hyphen, sleep deep with a kiss mark with the X. She responds back saying, beautiful, thank you for such an amazing night. Sweet dreams, kiss. Linger effect in prime. So let's just take one step back here for a second so I can get some water. When we're in the setup of this podcast, we're not even in the meat of what the instruction of this podcast is really going to be when it comes to the balance of sex and love. But you have to know the backstory to understand why the love was so deep. So that was literally last Friday night. That was four days ago. Yes. And she sent me a random question uh, on Saturday sometime saying, hey, do you know how to crack backs? And yeah, I said, uh, I sent her a voice message saying, no, I know how to crack jokes and skulls, crack jokes and skulls. And I can educate on that. And she sent me a message saying, well, you got to come, you you should come over and teach me how to uh, crack jokes then. And that was at the end of Saturday night. And I have a particular rule, like I said, with the 930 rule. Like all my comms, all interaction stops after 9.30 for the most part. So I'm going to bed. But that Saturday night, which was literally two nights ago, I was fighting myself. I couldn't get her out of my mind. This is very unusual for me. Yeah, I've seen a couple of different girls over the last month or so. And, you know, in an open style, open freestyle as I have been for the last six or seven years of my life. And, you know, girls linger. You know, things remind you of them when you're in these open relationships. But... Because of the nature of open relationships, you don't really form any deep emotional attachment. I'm not used to having a girl stay in my mind all day. Everything about her was just, hey, for lack of better words, easy. And I don't mean that in a trashy way. I say easy as in she could just let go. She made it easy to love her. But then I had to stay true to my principles. And, and because primarily the previous night I was with her and I was out until 1.30 a.m. So I decided not to do anything Saturday night. I wasn't going to see anyone. I just needed to get my sleep back on order, get my routine back in, get my hormones back, get myself back into fit shape, top shape, mint shape. <laughs> and so I cut off the comms at 9.30, but I didn't go to bed at 9.30. I had the Himalayan rock soul lamp on in the lounge room. I turned all the other lights off. The moonlight's flooding in. It's pretty dark. 
I had the windows wide open, the breeze is coming in, and I am pacing around. Like I'm pacing around, just trying to understand what I'm feeling about this girl. It's like, what? what? It's like, why is she so ever present in my mind? It's like, why, why am I fighting myself to not message her? And again, my friends, now if you're new, I've got to paint this, if you're new to open and free relationships that, that have no attachment but are set up on direct principles of trust and communication and that it's all above board, Every, bo- everyone knows what's going on. It's not uh, any shade at all. If you're new to that, then you probably think that what I'm experiencing sounds about right. It's like, of course it would be difficult, but... But if you are experienced with open free relationships, you eventually get used to it. You eventually get a general understanding of that. Hey, it's okay. This is not a deep thing. This, isn't, this was never going to be a deep thing. You know, it can be deep in the moment, but it's not deep outside the moment. Anyways, that's why I'm trying, just trying to paint to you guys as I'm battling through this night. I actually had a moment where I was literally about to get my phone back out and just text her literally that saying, I'm having a really hard fucking time going to sleep. Uh, like just literally tell you that. I'm like, nope, no, you don't. <laughs> so I stopped that. I'm like, you sit yourself in meditation, okay? So I sit myself down in meditation. I calm myself down because I'm just feeling a lot of fucking fire for this young woman. I text her first thing in the morning, which is Sunday morning now, which was literally yesterday. And this is now where we get to the bulk of the podcast. It's been, it's, we've, been, we've been on something of a journey to get here, but this is where things are going to escalate tremendously and you're going to, we're going to have to unpack some things. I'm going to work through some things with you. Yesterday morning, Sunday morning, I sent her this message saying, I know this is short notice, but let me know if you wanted to go for a botanic sesh later this Arvo, say 5.30 or 6. I want to see you and big trees are big with a little kiss emoji. Hey, let's do it. I love big trees. Tree emoji X. So it's super romantic, super romantic to be down in the botanic gardens uh, here in Adelaide, South Australia. And so what I do is I get in there with my rug and my, him, my, my picnic rug and my Himalayan rug. I set it up. It's a spot that's like up on a riverbank. There's no running water at this time, but it's not like a riverbank. It's backed by trees and it's got a nice open view of the sky. And there's like tons, like thousands of bats that cross over the sky at night. And uh, it's beautiful. The stars are out. It's a bit cloudy, but the stars are out. I accidentally gave her the wrong directions. Uh, my bad. <laughs> I fucked up because <laughs> I was tired for the previous night. Whose fault was that, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> so we we eventually meet each other and she's a little charged. I say this from the beginning. This is really important for those of you that are learning about the date process. She's a little charged negatively. She's holding a bit. Of, she's, she's just a little frank, a little choppy on the way that she's saying things. Uh, I can tell she's a bit tense. She's tense in her body. She's tense in her mind. And I notice this as we're walking into the garden. And, you know, I'm just kind of playing with it. I'm not really calling it out at this point. I'm just seeing what, what happens. We go to my pre-setup rug. She puts her stuff down and we just kick our shoes off and just go on an adventure through the garden. And Botanic Gardens is a, is a, it's a big place. It's a big space. Very diverse, very uh, jungle-esque. And so we're going through these jungles. We're going through these open spaces with the gigantic trees. And we eventually settle upon this, this little sunken waterfall. It's like very Roman, very Greek, and it's like this long, this long stream of water through cement, and a cutout goes down into this like symmetrical fractal square sunken waterfall. It's very hard to describe, but it's pretty, it's pretty dope. And you can sit down on the steps when the water's not too high. So we sit down, and you know, there's no one else around. It's humid. It's getting dark, and I'm letting her explain to me how she's feeling, 
And she's telling me that, yeah, there's some things going on with her family and that's why. Because I call – at a certain point, I just say to her that, hey, listen, I'm feeling that. Uh, are you okay? Like, are you – and I had told her before, by the way, and here we get to some real social – we're getting to the truth of things now, the truth of the social dynamics that my intent for this meetup – I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning. No, I think it's good. I think it's good that I don't mention the social dynamic principles at first. I think it's good just to take you through the story and then hit you with the social dynamics afterwards. So it's good. It's privy now. So my intent for this date, for this experience, was to have the talk. Now, we talked about this in the last podcast. When is the right time to be having the talk? And I always err on the side of caution. It's always the cautionary principle that if you feel like there is even a slight percentage chance that a woman has a preceded attachment, an idea, concept, expectation that if you were to have sex, that you would become boyfriend and girlfriend afterwards, then have the talk before sex so that you eliminate any possibility of that happening. You know, it's always better to be slightly, I say, say this all the time, I'd rather be slightly too cautious than slightly too risky in this one example. That, that principle does not apply in all of social dynamics, but it definitely applies when it comes to quality, uh, clarity, clarity on the interaction and where you guys are headed in your relationship space so my intent coming in and i'd done a little bit of visualization beforehand how i wanted to handle this where i was going to do it how i was going to phrase it and that's why i set up my rug where it was and i was going to have to talk of her i wanted to talk to her about exactly what it is in terms of i'm looking for in relationships i wanted to hear that from her as well because i felt like there was a chance because she's been such a kitten with me she's been so open and so easy so easy to love that i definitely had a feeling that she was looking for something monogamous and exclusive if we were to have full penetration so counter can cover my bases on that anyways i just needed you guys to know that because i had been saying to her when i first met her at the garden i said by the way i just like kept dropping as like a cheeky easter egg i kept saying to her just randomly by the way you know we got to talk she's like what do you mean we're going to talk and i'm like Good talk. And she's like, all right, let's talk then. And I'm like, no, no, not yet. <laughs> not now. And she's like, all right, all right, fuck, fine. Tell me when we're talking then. And then just like put intermittently throughout the next hour or so, I'll just say, yeah, and we're going to get to that talk. Oh, no, I can't say that because it's going to be a part of the talk. And she's like, when's this talk happening? I'm like, we'll get to the talk. Slow the fuck down. So it's as you can tell, there's, there's a lot of banter and jokes of us always. But we're sitting here in this waterfall square thing. And she's telling me about how she's had a bit of a rough situation with her family. Like there's some uh, negative vibes going there. We had barely hold, held hands. I put my arm around her, but she felt a little bit stiff. And so, but at this point, I started to warm her up a little bit more, started to play over her neck a little bit more. I think I maybe kissed her just very lightly and just to test the waters, but she still needed some time to just loosen up a little bit. And so I go into Willy Wonka mode. Yes, sir. So Willy Wonka mode is that one of the best ways, if you've got someone who's stuck in their energy, just have have a, have a time, have some fun. Like forget about the fact that you're here in this romantic garden, you're going to have this talk about your relationship space. It could lead to a very deep experience later tonight, or it could be the end of your experience tonight as a romantic couple. Forget about all that. Just fuck around as kids do. Do as kids do. That's what I always do with people who are stuck in their energy that are just feeling like they're a little bit weighed down. So I start running in front of her. Like I start skipping. I start running in front of her. I start doing like preparing as if I'm going to take her down, not take her down, just pushing her into the garden. 
pushing her over all the time and then that encourages her to, to chop back at me so she starts trying to uh, push me into the lake she starts to fuck around with me and now that that childish energy is back she's lightening up a lot more a little playground we're in our own world now we're going in and out of the uh the giant glass house which has all these uh tropical plants and I almost pushed her into the little lake that was in there. <laughs> I tried to anyway. She had good balance. She got that balance on. It's getting pretty dark at this point. And I said, well, uh, all right, let's have that talk now. So we go back to HQ. And so we get down on the rug and we start lying down. And But it's so jokey. It's like we're, we're, I'm laughing at everything. And so I have to like literally, I say, okay, okay, we're going to have a talk now. She's like, all right, let's talk, let's talk. So she sits up. She sits down cross, well, she sits cross-legged. And I sit cross-legged in front of her. And I put my hands on her legs in front of me, so like knee to knee. But I just can't help but not laugh because it's like we're in that mode. We're just in this joke mode. And so I literally say to her like, hang on, this is actually a very serious, this is something real serious. So I need to just center myself. So I literally just close my eyes. And I just calm it down. Drop the voice. Slow it down. So, yeah, I told you that we wanted to have a talk. I just wanted to talk about where we are in our relationship space. But before we get into that, I just want to let you know that, you know, I like you and you make me feel good. When you look at me, I see light. She's staring back at me, big, big eyes dilated she's smiling I can feel there's some trepidation there within her but she's smiling she doesn't know where this is going but what I just said hit her in the heart you could tell and she goes okay thank you as in what comes next so I say so it's really important that from what I'm about to say that you just let me get through all of it just so you don't have any misconceptions or make any early assumptions uh, based on what happens in, like, say, the first quarter. Just let me get through all of it. And then I want to hear everything you have to say as well. Is that, is that cool? And she goes, yep, yep. So, okay. So where I am in my life right now is that I'm just learning about myself in relation to others in this world, which means I need to have the freedom to be able to see other people. And I didn't want to mislead you because I got the idea the other night and probably also a part of the reason, a fact from the fact, apart from the fact that I was tired of shit, that I didn't want to go into full sexual penetration is because I felt like maybe you were looking for something a little bit more, maybe something more monogamous and I didn't want to give you the wrong idea. So this is where I'm at and if you would like to join me on this journey of exploring each other, getting to know each other, and you having the freedom to see whoever you want to see and likewise. Just know that it always have been built on trust and review. That I want you to be able to trust me. And I want to be able to trust you. That if at any stage this doesn't work. If say in two weeks time, four weeks time. It's too hard. It hurts too much. It just doesn't feel right. You just don't like it. You meet someone else that you want to get exclusive with. Maybe you want to get exclusive of me and change it up. Whatever it may be. I want you to trust that there will be no fire on the back end. There will be no toxicity. There will be no backlash. 
I want you to feel like the moment you feel something changes within you, you come straight to me at that moment. You don't wait a few weeks. You just tell me how you feel now because you know I'm going to accept it always. I'll be here for it always. If you want to know if this sounds like something that you were keen on, we can talk about the T's and C's later on. But yeah, that's basically it. And I would love to hear what you think about that and where you're at in terms of your relationship space. The entire time, she didn't break eyes. She was staring me dead in the eyes. I had my, as we're knee to knee, sitting cross-legged in front of each other, I had my hands... I had my hands on her hand actually in in kind of in the middle between where our feet met and you know she's just saying she's nodding she's saying yep okay she's getting it and she responds back with just effortlessness saying yeah I'm, I'm really not looking for someone I'm not looking for someone to be with that's I want to be able to go on random trips, I want to be able to go do whatever I want to do without feeling like I have someone anchored down or that I have to be anchored down to someone. And so, yeah, this sounds like something that I'd be interested in. I'm adding that last bit, but that's basically, that last interested bit is basically the vibe that she's giving. But everything else was word for word. So she's pretty much in uh, complete alignment. But she literally said like, it literally took that long. Like it took me several minutes to get out my bit because I was saying it that slow. I was being that directful and purposeful of what I'm saying. But her response was very, uh, is cordial the right word? It was very devoid of emotion. It was very clean. It was super clean. There's no confusion. There was no... And so, okay, what happens next? I say to her, all right, yeah, so I go into this, all right, so do you want me to explain the T's? That's right. So I say to her, have you been in an open relationship before? And we open up into some past relationship experience. And she said, no, she's been in many multiple monogamous relationships. Remember, she's only 21 of this age at this stage yesterday. And so... No, she has not been in open relationships. So I say to her, well, would you like me to go through the T's and C's? And she goes, yep. So I say to her, obviously there has to be some form of rules, boundaries in order to keep an open relationship functioning. Otherwise, the lines are going to get blurred. It's human nature to get overly attached and connected and that it would eventually just become an exclusive relationship if not for certain boundaries. She goes, yep, cool, I get that. So this is the way I like to explain it. This is literally what I'm saying to her, not just you guys, but to her. I see I see us as having our own worlds, that I have my world and that you have your world, and that before either of us even knew each other, those worlds existed. And in this relationship, we're going to keep our worlds separate, but when we do see each other, we're going to meet each other on the moon. It won't be very often, but when we do see each other, we get all of each other. I've been demonstrating this as much as I can with you over the last couple of nights and the last two times we've met. You probably have noticed that when I'm with you, I'm 100% with you. I'm not on my phone on social media. I'm not talking to friends or handling business or friends and family and all that. When I'm with you, I'm just with you. 
And that really is the benefit of an open relationship is that it's a peak experience every time you're with that person, but it's very fleeting. It's not very often in comparison to a monogamous relationship in which that on a scale of zero to 10, the peak experience or the average experience level is probably somewhere on a five or six. And you will have peak experiences within throughout the relationship of nines and tens, but you know, everyday life, it's like a five or six. It's just nice. It's good in a good relationship. But it's the security of having that five or six good experience every day. That's what's the major benefit of an exclusive relationship because you know that person's going to be with you Monday to Sunday. But in an open relationship, you don't get that security. We see each other maximum once a week. But no, but you wouldn't freak out if you didn't see the person for two weeks. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I get that. But when we do see each other, it is a peak experience. It is being on the moon with each other. And that, and so I said, oh, does that make sense? Do you understand like that overall philosophy? And she goes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I get that. I said, okay, so in terms of the nitty gritty now, this is what it actually looks like. So I know it's a little bit difficult because I already met your housemates. Uh, it, that's a harder situation, but there are, we want to, in general, stick to the principle of not connecting our worlds with ropes. We want as fewer ropes as possible that connect our worlds. So friends, family, social events, birthday parties, these things we're not trying to actively encourage the interaction with. If through serendipity you, you happen to be at the supermarket and your mom's with you, I'm not going to dodge you. right? Of course, I'll come up and say hi, but I'm not actively coming for dinner. I'm not actively inviting you over for my brother's birthday, et cetera, et cetera. She goes, yep, get that. That will make sense. And then I said, okay, in terms of logistics, you probably, this one's an easy one because you've already seen how I handle logistics in terms of talking, comms. It's primarily logistics is what our comms is. Is that I'm not, and you know, like if you just, you've probably already taken it from me that I'm the type of, I'm not the type of guy that's on my phone anyway. It's like, even with my own friends, I, I message them maybe once a week. You know, I'm very rarely spending time on my phone. I'm trying to stay in this life as much as I can. So let's keep things as logistical as possible. She goes, yep, get that. And I say, what else am I missing here? Uh, (laughs) Disclosure of other partners. Beyond the recognition of that there is just in fact other partners, no more details are necessary. Purely because of the ropes that it connects and that it's hard enough trying to stay focused on your life doing what you're doing when you know that one of your partners is likely sleeping with someone else, being with someone else right now, hard enough, only made harder if you happen to know every single little detail about that other person. How tall he is, what school he goes to, what job he works, etc., etc. I don't need to know that and I certainly don't need, uh, you certainly don't think you want to know that about anyone that I'm seeing. So just the recognition that if there is another partner, hey, just mention, say, hey, just wanted to let you know there is someone else that I'm seeing right now, okay? And we're going to always have these check-ins, but we don't need to be uh, making things harder for each other than they need to be. And she goes, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Like, okay. So I say, that's about it. That's really it. I say, do you have any questions? And she goes, nope, no questions. Like, she's like, but I just, I'm like blown away. Because I came in with the 1% inkling, preconception that she was, otherwise I wouldn't be having this talk at this stage. If I didn't think, like pre-sexual penetration, I wouldn't be having this conversation if I didn't think that she was headed towards monogamy. So when she accepted it so effortlessly, 
that took that really took me by surprise. I wasn't taken aback, but I was surprised. And then with the acceptance of all the T's and C's. Now, you guys don't think, well, she's never been in an open relationship. Most people haven't been in an open relationship. It's a very still a very niche thing as much as it gets talked about. So maybe like you have to see, of course, we'll have to see how she does, like how, how will she actually handle it. It's one thing to, in theory, say that, yeah, don't worry about other, your partner sleeping with other people. Don't worry about not being connected to social events, et cetera, and not being able to send memes to each other every day. You don't worry about all that. But in theory, it sounds all right. But when you start to form deep emotional connections, it can be very difficult to stick by. So we'll see, of course. But in the moment, it's still, still, it's very impressive how for such a, for a younger girl as well, how she's handling it. And so I literally like kind of like lean back on my arm and go, I just like kind of skeptically, skeptical hippo eyes looking at it going, you sure there's like, there's nothing like you really, this is all good. I said like, there's no questions. And she goes, no. It's like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking. (laughs) She's like, what do you mean? You don't know what I'm thinking. I'm like, I pride myself on being able to hear what people are thinking. And what that actually means is that I'm so emotionally attuned to the present moment that based on all the little micro mannerisms that someone's giving me, the way that they speak, the way that they talk, the way that they hold themselves, I can form a very accurate idea of what it is that's going on in their mind. Once you, when you practice social dynamics for years upon years and you spend your life meeting people, it's a natural... It's a natural thing that will be created. It's just it's just knowing people. And so, but with her, because she's been giving me this just kitten, I keep saying going back to kitten, she keeps looking at me like a kitten. Like it's the old good face, like happy face, happy feet face. She's just happy, smiling away. Her eyes are big. Nothing seems to be worrying her. It's like, it's all good. I'm like, this can't be right. And what I'm saying is this can't be right is what I'm thinking is that there's at least always some form of apprehension when you have the talk about an open relationship. A girl will say, oh, but what about this situation? Or uh, I'm not sure how I would handle that bit, but maybe we could try it. You know, there's, there's almost always some form of apprehension, even on just very low levels of like, okay, let's see how it goes. But she's not even that. She's just guns blazing. Yep, 100%. Now, if she was experienced in this, that's a different thing. But she's the first time. So that's why it's very unusual to me that she's this calm about it. And then she's, and I, I, I vocalize this to her. I tell her exactly what I'm thinking. And then she goes to me, as we're here on this rug underneath these stars in this garden, it's dark. And there's like, by the way, this, it's getting really dark at this point and mosquitoes are killing us. We're getting smashed. I've got so many mosquito bites on me. Hopefully I didn't get encephalitis. <laughs> Kept joking about that. Every time we got bit by a mosquito, encephalitis. And, uh, and, but there is, there is a spotlight, not a big one, but more like a, like a lamppost about 100 meters back behind us. It's very blue lighty though. It's very white. That's really the only light that's lighting up the gun. And I'm facing that and her back's to it. And she says to me, Adam, everything is just so easy with you. The way that you talk, the way that you explain things, it all just makes sense. And I'm I'm laying, I'm sitting back on my arm there. I'm like resting back on my arm and I'm just looking deep into her eyes. 
and we stare into each other's eyes for a good period of time. And then I eventually say to her, well, I hope I would be because it's kind of my job. And she giggles. It's like, I hope I would be decent at communicating that message because that is exactly what I teach people to communicate. Clear, direct messages. So, which of course is how you would improve human interaction. So, from that point, it's like, all right. I say to her, life begins now, doesn't it? She goes, yeah, I guess life begins now. And so I lean in, place a couple of fingers under her chin, place my lips on hers. It's very sultry, very sensual. There's no one else around us. Bats in the sky, stars in the sky. Single light lighting up. And we're just, again, that synchronicity of kissing. Push her down onto the rug. Start to increase that pace of that kissing. I'm lying on my side as she's lying down. I'm looking down into her as I'm kissing her. Hard as a rock in my shorts. She finds her way down there. She starts jacking me off in this garden. It's extraordinarily, one of the biggest turn-ons when you are talking shit while someone, while you're trying to please each other. Where you're in a public space and you're just talking shit. It's like, I'm literally trying to, I was trying to say something like about something like logical, like something about the environment, something about the garden. Maybe I was recalling a fact or something. I don't know. And she's just like lying down, literally jacking me off while I'm trying to recall this fact. And I can't think because, and it's like, I'm, I'm there and I'm like halfway through sentences going, and what, what am I, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> this is, and it's like, you can't get words out. And it's just so kinky. It's just, it's such a big turn on. Because they know what the fuck's going on. It's like, oh, you can't even get a thought out here. And uh, <laughs> it's so good. I eventually join her down on the bottom level. And we're still getting destroyed by mosquitoes at this point. But I start, uh, I, I slide my fingers underneath her panties and start rubbing her out. Rubbing her pussy out. And she's wet. She's very wet. And I say to her, I'm not sure uh, if you're supposed to be that wet. And she goes, mm, yeah, I'm not sure if you're supposed to be that hard. And I'm like, mm, cool. Yeah, okay. And so we're having this like just cordial, stupid, talking shit back to each other while we're getting kicky up in this late night garden session, public garden. But then uh, we're contemplating having sex then and there. But we say, listen, Channel 7 won't cover any of the protests down here in South Australia, but they'll probably cover this. <laughs> it's a good joke. And it's so true though. It's so true. And so anyways... We eventually decide that, okay, it's probably not the place to continue this journey. So uh, I hobble my way back to my car. When I say hobble, it's because I'm hard as a rock. And if you didn't realize, it's very hard to walk when you've got a full mask down below. So I'm walking like fucking like a, a guy who's just spent too long riding on a horse. And uh, she's giggling the whole way along. We drive back to my place. And now, my friends, this is where... This is where the bomb's about to be dropped. This is like, this is the legit. This is, yeah. I've got the Himalayan rock soul lamp on in my room, a couple candles. One's got a nice fragrance. One's got a real nice uh, tower like to it. Put on, the, put on the beats. Put on the UE boom. Got my Panda Emperor playlist, uh, which is actually going to play a bit of, bit of a role lately, uh, later. 
and the window's open. It's all real nice at this point. It's all real just happy. No pressure, no expectations of what's about to happen, even though I guess we both know it's it's just, yeah, whatever. So we're going to my room as she gets lies down onto my bed and I lie down. I just really casually just start taking her top off going, yeah, you're probably going to get really hot. You know, you look really hot wearing this top. And she goes, yeah, do do I say, so what are you saying? You're saying that I should take this off? And I'm like, yeah, you should probably take this top off. And she's like, what about this top? Um, oh, what about this? And then, no, her, her shorts as well. So she had shorts and like a top dress on or some kind. I don't know how to explain it. Basically, take, she's, the end result is that she's topless and that she's just got her thong on after she takes her, after she takes her shorts off. Nude colored, nude colored thong, tremendous, tight. And anyway, sorry, I'm getting lost in it. And so I take my shirt off, of course, and I've just got my basketball shorts on uh, underneath. And so we get to, we get to make an out. It starts off very sensual again, and the environment you have to imagine is that because you know the door's closed, you know it's all red light. It's just like the ro- the light that comes from the rock lamp, which is very orangey red, and the candles. And then you've got the dark night sky out there with the cool cool air breezing in. You know, we start making out. But all of a sudden, I feel this strange conflict arise within me that the switch for sexual desire has been turned off. As we're lying there in the bed, as we make out, Every now and again, or every time we go to press lips, I pull back and I look at her in the eyes and I see this kitten staring back at me. This, this young woman who's just filled with acceptance and love and is just so caring. And I feel this tidal wave of emotion overcome me. And I just feel like I'm at home. Not only am I at home, but within her, I find home. And this is confronting because we are in a moment that does not call outwardly for that level of sincerity, of sensuality. Half of my mind is going, turn that off, like turn that switch off, turn the sincerity, the serenity off switch the animalistic sexual desire back on. So I try to shake it out, if you know what I'm saying. In my mind, I try and shake it out and go back to kissing her and moving my hands up and down her body, massaging her nipples, biting her nipples, wrapping my tongue around them, working my way down her body like grains of sand. Every time I kiss her neck, she gasps, she moans. She enjoys. I slide my hand in between her legs. I massage her lips. She's wet, very wet. She's letting go. Yet, this doesn't feel right to me. I don't mean that in my mind, not yet anyway. It's that I know in my body it doesn't feel right because I'm not hard. I don't have an erection. But in comparison to, say, the Friday night when we had our first sexual experience 
having dry sex with each other. And it was hard to rock, hard as a rock the entire time. And it was very sexually amorous. It was super animalistic. That was not this moment. Yet you, all of the outwardly facing depictions and markers of what's happening is that you know this beautiful young woman who's stripped down to her thong, and I'm there topless and it's just these super romantic and sensual lighting there's uh some r&b playing on the speakers and not just r&b but some hip-hop as well which i need to mention in a second but what i'm trying to say here is that it's like this seems like the perfect moment to go into full animalistic sexual desire and to just ravage her and just for lack of better words in the australian vernacular just rail her just give her a good one you know, just get fucking filthy about it is what I'm saying. Which, for the, if those of you who have been through the podcasts of this bull dojo, you would know that's typically what I'm like. If you listen to any of the other sexual experiences of personal ones that I've relayed, there is often quite an animalistic instinct and animalistic depiction of what I go through because that's typically what I like. Very uh, aggressive. The pulling of hair, the choking the smacking of each other, that type of stuff. So, but, yes, now the tracks. So what I'm feeling here, what I'm feeling here is that this doesn't feel right because I physically, and this is what's so amazing, is that I came from a place of sexual experience anxiety in which that I used to have and I have had experienced erectile dysfunction when I was 19, going through into my first four or five sexual experiences through cold approach because of limiting beliefs, because of negative self-perceptions and egoic attachments, the anxiety. It was it was that I'm not good enough. It's that I'm not going to be able to satisfy her. It's that what if I don't do it right, if I'm not doing fast enough? What is she going to think of me? What, what, what does this mean about me as a man? And it's like, that's where that used to be. But I transcended that a long time ago. And so when I'm in this moment, I check in with myself and I go, is, that, is this what's happening? And I say, absolutely not. This is very different. It's that I genuinely don't want an erection. It's like, regardless of how she's looking, how she's feeling, what she's doing to me, how we are in this moment, it's like I don't feel sexual desire in this moment. And so the ensuing pang of anxiety is not present as it would be if you were deriving or if you were not hard as a result of anxiety from limiting beliefs negative self-perceptions egoic attachments so this is something for the first time i've ever experienced that when i go back to look at her and she recognizes that i'm not hard and i look her in the eyes and i just smile I close my eyes very slowly and I smile and I breathe deeply to communicate to her that actually I'm, I'm really okay. Like I'm really fine here. And she just stares at me back in the eyes with that kitten-like face, with that very hard to read what she's thinking, but nonetheless happy, okay with anything that's going to happen. At this time, on the playlist I was playing, which I refer to as the Panda Emperor playlist, 
the first 10 tracks of that playlist are very upbeat and they're very sexual as well. Like a lot of the songs are by the the Yin Yang twins. But you could just it's actually a public playlist, so you can go onto it. It's just called Panda Emperor uh, by Uwe Tang on Spotify. You've got K John, you got the Yin Yang twins, you got K J Kwan, you got Sean Paul, Bryce Vine, Miguel, Neo. The first 10 or so tracks are very sexual. Kanye's in there, I think, as well. It's not matching the vibe though. Because if we were having raw animalistic sex right now in the deep penetration of things, those songs would be perfect. Tons of energy, upbeat, they're very risque. But that's actually the complete opposite of what's happening. And it's really throwing a chord through me. Now I'm starting to feel like I need to change this playlist. But then she starts singing along to a lot of these very sexually, because a lot of these songs are very sexually explicit. Like in one of the yin yang songs, it's like, wait till you see my dick is one of the lyrics. <laughs> it's like literally, wait till you see my dick is one of the lyrics. And it's like, she's like, even though she's a white girl, uh, she's she's got some gangster about her as well. And she's well educated in the streets. And I can tell it's because she's bopping along and she's singing to these raw explicit songs and now all of a sudden I'm starting to feel this extreme incongruence of like she is feeling something very different to what I'm feeling. It's like she's very primed to go into a very raw sexual experience right now. I can tell that's what she wants. I can tell it's how she's feeling is what I should say. Yet that is the complete opposite of what I'm feeling. What I'm feeling is sensuality. Just to slow things down to the pace of a turtle, to just breathe and feel each other in the moment. That's all I could really conjure up. And I, I won't lie to you guys that for a few seconds there, the heat started to rise within me. I felt pressure for the first time in a really long time. I felt, and I, it, it's, it's on me to be honest with you as a coach of social dynamics with how I was feeling. I felt some pressure, some heat rise within me because now I could see we were in misalignment. And now, and then it's like literally right there. When you realize the misalignment, what's the next logical step? Oh, disappointment. So now those trundles of limiting beliefs, negative self-perception, egoic attachments, that basket gets brought in. And now it's all there for you to play with. Those are all toys for you to play with deep in the darkness of your mind. Yet, through the training, I recognize that this is the spiral that's about to begin and I stop it right there. As soon as I realized the misalignment and I felt that heat, that pressure, the case, it feels like a caving in when you realize that the basket of not being able to satisfy her, being a disappointment, what is she going to say to her friends? What does this mean about you as a man? these toys that sit within this dark basket that are all vicious. They, they threaten to tear apart your very egoic existence and your self-esteem and confidence. I see that basket and I know to turn away from it because of the training. As I've discussed in two podcasts ago on sexual experience anxiety, uh, that's not. I don't think that's the title of the podcast, though. It's called the title of the podcast is "How Not to Sleep with a Hot Russian Model." We talk about sexual experience anxiety. I use the very tactic that I give my clients. 
acknowledgement. First thing I do within myself is I say to myself, okay, like this is like while she's bopping along to these songs practically naked next to me in the bed and I'm practically naked and I say to, and I just check in with myself. I literally just go into myself. I close my eyes and I say, okay, how am I feeling right now? I'm feeling pressure. I'm feeling it's because there's this misalignment. I don't know why I feel this way though. I don't know why, but I know this is how I feel. I let, I breathe that out. I let that sit. The next step to communicate that rawly and directly to her. It serves no one for me to just sit there and mull around in my mind or to pretend that that's not the feeling or that's not what's going on within me because she can see it. She can feel it. She's doing her best to stay calm herself, to not bring attention to the fact that something's obviously wrong within me. Hence why she's playing it off by bopping along to these songs. So, take that deep breath and I'm on the left side of the bed. If you're, if you're in laying down in bed, I'm on the left side, she's on the right side. The window is on the right-hand side. The bedside table is on the left where the uh, candles are. So, I turn into her and I say, I, mean, I wasn't like, turn, my back wasn't to her or anything. I was just on the flat on my back. I turn over to the side and I look into her and she takes that as a signal to turn in and so now we're... On our both on our sides looking at each other. And I prop up my head with one arm and she kind of mirrors me. And I say to her, Listen, I've got to be honest with you here. As soon as we got into this space, I felt the sexual desire switch off within me. I don't know why that is. I can't really explain it. And then I look out into the deep night sky behind her, searching for the right words. The entire time she's just staring at me, happy, soft, accepting, just waiting on me. I look back down to her and say, I can't find the words to describe how I'm feeling. So I'll use an analogy, which is these songs. I went over to my phone and changed the song up to a completely different playlist, which was a what I refer to as K-pop mushy love which is a Korean, my personal playlist, personally curated of the most emotional, loving, lovey-dovey Korean ballads. And they just, they melt your heart. And I just put that playlist on so they're way lower tempo, they're soft, they're melodic. They take care of you. And so I came back down to her and I said, this is the way that I can describe how I'm feeling, which is, when we were back in the gardens earlier and, you know, we were fooling around on the rug, that was like the Yin Yang Twins song before. That's how I felt. The Yin Yang Twins song is that upbeat, hip-hoppy, aggressive, explicit song. 
you know, that's how I felt with you before. But as soon as we got into this space, I feel like how this song is playing now. And the song that was playing now was just this slow, beautiful, sweet, calm ballad, Korean ballad. It just makes you feel so warm and feel good. She's nodding as I'm saying this. I look out again to the sky behind her, to the darkness of the sky, the blackness of it all, the outline of the trees. Just trying to breathe, trying to find out why is this happening now, now that I have described it as best as I can, that, well, I've described it with an analogy, but I know in the moment it doesn't really make sense. So I come back down, I look back down and I have another go and I say, what I'm saying about how I feel now with this Korean ballad song is that when I look at you, you know, I just I feel deep, deep love. And I don't mean that in the Peter Pan way, the Disney way, but I mean that in the the presence of what we're feeling with you that it's because of the way you look at me. that I feel love inside of myself. And and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what the answer is because I genuinely don't feel that sexual desire. I just feel, I just feel love. I just, I feel at peace and calm. Hey my friends, it's Adam here. Sorry for the interruption. However, I'm reviewing this podcast at the moment and I'm suddenly realizing that there's a key piece of information that I forgot to enter and let you guys know about. So I feel like I should do this now uh, to be 100% honest, which is that as I was describing to Sarah, not only how I was feeling, but why I thought it was because of the way that she looks at me and the deep love that I feel inside myself when she does that. I also went on to say straight after that, which for some reason this session, maybe just because of how emotional I was, I forgot to say in the moment, but I'll say it to you now, that also it could be that because I've lived in open relationships for so long that I've subconsciously barred myself from allowing myself to feel this depth of emotion with someone and that things always just stay on the level of the animalistic sexual desire and deep care and deep emotion is not something that I allow myself to feel but that there was something about her, the way that she looks at me, the way that she makes me feel that broke that broke that defense, broke that protection mechanism. That is some, That is directly what I said to her straight after saying that, you know, the way that you look at me makes me feel love inside myself. And that also it could be just that I don't know what to do with these feelings because I don't typically allow myself to feel these feelings. And so that was the only piece of information that I think I fucked up on. And so I had to come back here and correct that also because this is very much a time capsule for me and I want to make sure that everything is as accurate as it could possibly be. 
And I think I was just so emotional in the moment when I was recording it that I forgot to just, it just slipped my mind. So come back, correct it. And everything you're about to hear now is the representation of what happened. So please enjoy and stay deep. These long, silent pauses ensue the way that I'm doing with you guys in this session. She's looking back at me, smiling, eyes wide, nodding along. And she says, I love how open and transparent you are with me. You just tell me how you're feeling. I love it. And so I say to her, So, even if I can't explain it right now, please be patient with me. And she quietly whispers back, always. I wrap my arm around her shoulder and bring her in. We kiss. Softly, slowly, we breathe. It's getting late at this point. It's probably 10, 10.30. And, you know, she knows my bedtime is 9.30. So she goes, after a certain amount of time, you know, it was, it was probably about five minutes later or so. She goes, oh, I should probably get going then. So you can get some actual sleep now. Because she knows she's wrecked a couple of my sleeps now. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yep, no worries. So I get up. I hand her her jumper. I put on my shirt. But, but, as she's getting up off the bed... I sit down on the end of it and we were talking about, I don't know, something, something uh, innocuous and I just came right out of it and I said to her again, I just don't, I can't, I can't, I can't hear what you're thinking. I can't understand what's in your mind. And she goes, what questions do you have for me? And so now she's sitting on the end of the bed, cross-legged. And I'm sitting, I'm like, I'm on the end, I'm facing her, but I've got my legs stretched out. And I'll oscillate between legs stretched out and legs crossed as we're on the end of the bed. And it's, you know, it's lit up by the candles and the lamps, but it's still, it's central and it's dark. And I say, to, and I'm just looking deep into her eyes and she's got the Himalayan rock reflecting in her eyes. So the light's glimmering off her eyes, that red light. And I'm staring into it and I'm going, there was a time before where your eyes stopped darting when you were looking at me. And that's when I knew what you were thinking. But every other time, your eyes dart. And so what I feel, what I feel with you is that you're not giving me the emotions of what you're feeling. You're giving me the wrapping paper, the surface level of it. And... She's nodding along with this as well. And she's going, yep. Well, there there were some things in the past. And I go, okay, here we go. So 
she unfolds that that origami of what happened in her past. I will save the explicit details for now. Maybe later on in the future we may revisit this with her permission, but because it is so sensitive, let us just say for now that over the next two to three minutes, no longer, probably five to ten, no, definitely ten, there's quite a decent amount of time now looking back, that she unfolded this origami of sexual abuse, this intricate web of being invalidated by her friends and family because of it, being told that she should just put up with it, get over it, you know, you don't be silly about, you know, it was nothing type thing. But it was actually extremely volatile, aggressive, psychologically damaging. It's it's uh, it was heinous, like what happened. So, in my opinion, so the way that people treated her, so not just like the actual perpetrator, but um, the way that her AKA support system treated her, which were not supportive at all. As she's telling me all this, I am just lost trying to understand the emotions of what she's feeling and as she comes to the end of unwrapping this origami that i say to her after a very long pause i don't pretend to understand you so i won't but just know that i feel you I feel the emotions that you feel now. But I feel like what you just told me was the report. It was the facts of the situation. You left out the emotions. And so I was screeching, screeching at the surface, scratching, trying to find what emotions you're feeling under. And I saw your eyes get a little wet. I started to tear a little bit and my eyes started to get hot as well I was close to crying as she was telling this story I'm saying this to her said this directly to her and she agrees she goes yep it's just so hard for me to talk about because every time I've talked about it people have just invalidated me for it no one understands no one gets it and I just stay real quiet I just nod but I nod with a smile and looking deep into her eyes I'm holding her hand at this point we have deep deep silences just staring at each other trying to understand each other I reassure her that she can let the emotions out with me. She says, I've tried not to in the past because it's just a floodgate. I say, it's lucky that I'm an ocean then. She giggles. And she hugs me. But she hugs me, leans in for a hug so heavy that she knocks me back into the bed. I embrace her. I roll her over. I brush the hair off her face, comb her back, run my thumb down the side of her cheek, and gently kiss her delicate lips.
We continue to kiss, movement after movement, full synchronicity. It's beauty in a moment. I slide down to her waist and I pull her shorts down. I pull her thong down. I spread her legs wide open. I come up and I place my lips on her chest, slowly kissing my way down the center line until I reach her other delicate lips. Holding both her legs, I suction my mouth around her pussy like a vacuum. I slide two fingers upside, deeply within, curving upwards, pressing onto her G-spot. I begin the, as if I'm sucking an apple motion, what I refer to as sucking the apple on her clit. Tight pressure, side to sides, but mostly sucking, that apple sucking motion. She throws her head back. She starts to moan loudly. Her hips are convulsing. She's letting all of her pleasure centers go. The energy is just circulating. She's she's wetter than it could possibly be. There is a fountain coming out. I can feel. Even through just with my fingers stuffed inside her, I could feel it all coming out. Didn't take long, probably two, three minutes at maximum. Her legs threatened to crush my skull. I mean that legitimately. 100%. I almost had to tap out. (laughs) She was brought to orgasm, peak moment. She had the shake in the hips, trying to crush my head. And she used her ankles, her feet, balls of her feet to push my shoulders away upon reaching orgasm. She's completely out of breath. I come up. I get some tissues. I wipe my face off. She's out of her mind. Can barely get the enough oxygen in. And I lie back down on the bed next to her. And when she can finally speak again, she says, by the way, you're really good at that. I say, oh, that's, that's good. Thank you. That's good. I take a deep breath. And I feel a calm sense of peace come over me. For the reason that I decided to pleasure her and go down on her was not only to say thank you for being so accepting and patient with me in my moment of vulnerability prior in my moment of confusion, but also in her willingness to open up about something so vulnerable to her that she doesn't speak about with anyone. Barely anyone she tells tells that story of sexual abuse to, which is only a couple years fresh as well. 
So it wasn't me going down on her to try and salvage the situation or to try and get some brownie points or ensure a next experience. It was a gift. It was the pleasure of a gift. She takes her jumper off, so now she's fully naked. I've got my basketball shorts on, that's it. And she rolls into me and I put my arm around her. She's resting her head on me. We press lips. We kiss. And I say to her, let me practice being naked with you. I don't know where this came from. It just felt like the right thing to do. So I took my shorts off. And I, because we had previously been above the blanket. So I took my shorts off. So I was fully naked. Not hard. Not hard at all. Wasn't hard during the, when I was going down on her. And so I'm fully naked. She's fully naked. We slide underneath the sheets. And I pull her into me. I say, I just want to practice being naked with you. We start probably the best kiss we've had this entire ordeal experience. It's just, it was on a different level. The pacing, the pressure, the use of tongue and teeth biting each other's lips. She's raised her leg up like an L position onto my hips, you know, above where my cock and balls would be, but above my hips. I can feel her warmth. I can feel the warmth and the wetness of her pussy on my hip. But I'm not focused on it. I can feel it. I can aware of it. But I'm just so tapped in to the way that her lips are moving with mine. For a second, I pulled back and said, You talk to me through your lips. She smiled with such glimmer in her eyes. She went to kiss me again. Before I knew it, I had hoisted her up onto my hips, slid my cock inside her, and she was riding me. Deeply. Aggressively. Like animals. Not long had passed before she had orgasmed and she had to kick, kick herself off of me riding in cowgirl on top of me. After a couple seconds, I let her rest. I guided her down into the spoon position. I slid myself back into her again, this time going harder, pulling on the back of her hair, driving myself deeply into her my hips smashing up against her ass. She's borderline yelling. I'm sure my neighbor got zero sleep. It was loud. It turned me on so much. She just let... The entire time she... She had no qualms about expressing her sexual femininity. 
she, it was as if she was in dance the entire way. The way she moved her body, the way her eyes glazed over, every little sound that she made. It was a concert, it was a symphony that I was bearing witness to. Didn't take long again. Within a couple of minutes, she orgasmed, reached that peak, had to uh, push me off, had to take a few seconds. We progressed like this for the next, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, trying every position under the sun. I soon came to found that she was hypersensitive and orgasms were her thing. That it only took a brief 30, 60 seconds of vigorous, aggressive pumping that she would be brought to the point of orgasm and she couldn't take any more. You feel that quiver in her hips. She has to slide it out. And she'd be left breathless. Eyes rolled back. It was quite something to witness. I've never been with a girl or a young woman before that could orgasm so quickly and so easily. We stopped counting at 10. (laughs) Throughout the rest of the night, for the next two hours, we continued to have sex. But that is a shallow description. For the next two hours, we continued to make love. Everything we did was done with love. Every time I slid myself in and out of her, it was done with the purpose of making love. That myself inside of her was purely an extension of my spirit. And her receiving me was allowing me to feel hers. A connection of sexual spirituality. In a realm of sensory experience that transcends what the conscious mind can even contemplate in the moment. Only in post-reflection could I ruminize in such a manner. It was likely around... 1.30 or 2 a.m. by the time we had the final round and she said to me, okay, we need an intermission here (laughs) because she was just destroyed and so was I. We had finished up where she was, it was missionary. The last one we finished it was a missionary. She was on her back. I'd been between her hips and I said railing, just railing. She'd come to orgasm for the final time and she was just dead essentially at that point. And so was I. And so I sat back up on my heels, blew the candles out, and we went to bed. Let me let someone in, my friends, and we shall return. All right, my friends, we're back in this game. Thank you for the pause. I know it wasn't a pause for you, but it was for me. So, yes, blew the candles out, and we went to bed. Didn't get a wink of sleep. She she took that quilt, she took that duna cover, and uh, she wrote that all night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I don't like sleeping with other people. I move a lot of my sleep. So, hey, listen, it was already one thirty two a.m. anyway. So, no one's going anywhere. Now, there's one thing I'd like to track back to. 
which was after our first round of making love, full penetration. Just want to take you back to that moment where I said, let's, I want to practice being naked with you. And she slid her leg up onto me and as we're lying down next to each other and she's naked, I'm naked. We're kissing and I said it was the best kiss we'd had this entire time at that point. This was, you have to just, I just want to bring recall to what had led to that moment specifically that I had been extraordinarily vulnerable, more vulnerable than I've been in a long time. Literally telling a girl that I don't have sexual desire, I don't know why. I have these two examples of music to best explain how I feel and it's because of the love that you make me feel for you that turns off that animalistic desire and I just want to hold you, just want to care for you, just just want to love with you. Right? That's that's the best way of explaining it. And And then we think it's all over, but then she dives into extreme vulnerability on her part where describing something to me that was so traumatic that she doesn't talk to anyone else about deeply as best she can, even though she couldn't convey as much emotion as she would like to. After our, when we, so the reason why I bring this up, when we had finished that first round of, I don't know, it's like three or four different positions, four different orgasms consecutively, we had just laid back on the pillows for a few moments thinking that it was all done. Thinking, you know, that was, that's a wrap because, you know, that was exhausting as it was. You know, four, four orgasms in a row is a, it's a, you've got to imagine these aren't just like small kind of moments. These are like full body things for her where she loses her consciousness. She, her head rolls back, her eyes roll back. She can't even breathe. Right? And she has to force me out of her because of the shaking within her vagina. Like it's just so powerful how she's feeling this. When we lay back into the bed, I said to her, as I was holding her, thank you for being patient with me. I took a giant breath. sighted out <sighs> I looked out into the sky smiling she said to me what are you feeling I said amazed and relieved so why curious why why amazed why relieved I said amazed at how two seemingly contradictory ideas that were battling each other within me found harmony it was as if in this field the wild animal and the deep heart couldn't make friends they couldn't see eye to eye they couldn't make peace they couldn't play together in the same space it was either it's the wild animal and it's his turn or it's the deep heart Yet when I said to you, can we just practice being naked together? Can I practice being naked with you specifically? That was the key. Because effectively what that was asking 
was for the animal and the heart to become one. That it wasn't mutually exclusive. The being naked together, the two bodies on bodies, feeling her warm, wet pussy on my hip. Feeling the deep love between two hearts connected with each other. The animal and the heart. The connectivity between two spirits in a moment. Seemingly prior, two very different experiences. But now, connected in one. I had not experienced this before. So it was so confronting and conflicting. That once we had overcome it, of course now I feel amazed. And I feel the relief. That there was a challenge here. And that there was a time in tonight. And by the way, now this has stopped. So put a full stop there. This is now me talking to you guys. That's what I had said to him in the moment. That's why I was amazed and relieved. Just because two ideas that seem to be diametrically opposed are now one together. But talking to you guys now that a challenge could be surmounted in the moment through raw vulnerability. That by being vulnerable with each other, both being vulnerable with each other, both being accepting of each other, we found this, we found what should have always been the truth of what resided within, what could have been experienced. Imagine if I had given up on myself Back when I recognized that I did not possess the tools to communicate to her how I was feeling about the animal and the heart, how I was feeling and I had to use these songs as best examples. I was done then. I, I sat up when we got up and she said I should probably go home. That was it. I thought she was, I was going to walk her out. The only, the, only, what, the only thing that stopped that was that I recognized this weird moment where I felt like this was a good opportunity to try and dig into her as to why she wasn't able to give me a full set of emotions, which was actually unrelated. It's not related to what I was experiencing. This was something that we talked about earlier in the podcast, well before this, all this. And it just so happened that I was bang on the money, that there was something harbored within her of deep, deep meaning. And I felt that when she offered me that vulnerability after I had been so vulnerable, our levels of comfort and trust skyrocketed. So the physical coming together, being on each other naked, is more symbolic than it is tactical. It is not that, oh, well, feeling her warm wetness on your hip and you being naked and her being naked is what allowed you to maintain an erection indefinitely for the next two hours after that. Or that at least allowed for the first round to begin. It's not that at all. It's the symbolism of what the trust and comfort that was established and reached between our two bodies now. So being with each other body to body, I feel like that is... And when you tie that with no expectation, 
that that I don't have to be an animal. That I don't have to play into the love. It's just whatever's here now, that's okay. It doesn't have to be a battle is what I'm trying to process here. And please keep in mind, my friends, this only finished this morning. It's it's like 4.30 p.m. This finished at 1.30 a.m. this morning. So I'm still working through it. I might have even more revelations in a week's time on this. But from the best of my recollection and understanding, it's that the reason why the practice being naked with each other was such a the key trigger to opening up the absolute excuse me, the absolute treasure chest of what could be experienced between us two was that it was symbolic of the comfort and trust that had now been achieved through vulnerability. And that it put me at rest. It put me at calm within the field of my sexual energy, the animal and the heart were able to be together as one. And then when you see what happened throughout everything after that point, it's like, this is how you know it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, erectile dysfunction or what I would refer to as sexually experienced anxiety because there is no anxiety. What was happening before, there wasn't anxiety before and there wasn't anxiety now. What changed? Was that I wasn't trying to fit our experience into one box, either animal or heart, but that it could be both at the same time. That you could have this physicality of being naked of each other representing the symbolism of the animal with the heart of that we were just gently kissing each other. That we were in that love. We were in that love and also with the preface of let's just practice. Let's just lie here together in practice. And there's that love element of that we're going to take care of each other. That there's an emotional understanding for each other. And then literally we had to stop having sex two hours later. Because we were fucking dead. So it's just... So we went, so anyways, I finished up now. So we, something to behold. We, yeah, she got probably a little bit more sleep than me. I didn't get really get any sleep. Not much anyway. Um, Go back up, woke up to the sounds of the birds. So good. I th- I'm not sure if you guys relate to this, but I think most males should relate to this. Peak horniness levels, first thing in the morning. Morning wood. Oh, man. Waking up with her and just pulling open the the blinds and you've got all the birds singing outside. The sun is rising and the cool air is flowing in and you just got this beautiful naked woman here with you and you just, you're sliding your fingers in and out of her. You're massaging her neck as she's waking up. She rolls over to kiss you. She jumps up on top of you, slides herself down onto you. Have, I think, if I remember incorrectly, three orgasms across the next 20 some mins and we eventually i eventually said to her you know i actually said to her at some point okay t- only 10 more minutes and she goes yep and then it gets like well past that and she goes i think we're i said i think we're we need to stop now otherwise we're going to be here all day and she goes literally i said all right so we stopped there and i uh, walk her out to her car we hug deep we talk shit <laughs> we're back to talking shit that's really important 
as we're walking out of my room and as we're as we're as I walk her out to the car, we're just talking shit to each other. Just just like the how it was, you know? And it never stopped being that way. It's just that we it was like something of a ritual that we experienced last night. It was something I really fully haven't grasped. That's why I had to record this. I hope I post this. I'm sure I will post this, but even if I don't post this and I'm just listening to myself, like I just kept it for myself as just like a journal. And this is a bloody good journal. Like this is this is like fundamental. And so I'll start to bring this to a summary now, which is what is what is the main understandings and lessons of all this? I've been preaching this since well, for a very long time. I don't remember since when, but for a long time. That the key is emotional vulnerability. The key is to being direct. The key is to being congruent, authentic, covering with empathy. The key is to tell the person how you feel, to number one, acknowledge how you feel. Number two, tell them what that is and trust that they will ride with you. In this experience, as I've been telling you people since the beginning, keep saying since the beginning, not since the beginning of this channel, but for a very long time, that most women are beyond understanding. They are beyond empathetic when you as a masculine being are going through something and that you're trying to serve them the best, but there's just some conflict. Now, for most of you, and I can relate to this because I was once there, for most of us, that conflict is sexually experienced anxiety as a result of limiting beliefs, negative self-perceptions, or egoic attachments, which results in anxiety, which results in those, like I said, the dark basket of toys of I'm not good enough. I can't satisfy her. What does this make me? Does this not make me a man? What are my friends and family going to think? What are her friends going to think? What is she going to think about me? I'm never going to see her again. So you, you get all this viciousness, vicious cycles that just lead down a spiral of darkness. That's where most of us have come from and experienced at some point in our lives. If, you, if you're studying social dynamics, that's pretty common for most people. You've experienced something like that. I experienced it pretty bad when I was uh, 19 to 21. But for last night, to have almost like a sibling of that in picture, not in origin. It was just it's, it just looked similar. It the end result or what what it looked like. The outcome was that it looked like we weren't going to have sex, but not because I wasn't able to, but because I didn't want to. The key being why didn't I want to? Because of an internal conflict within myself between raw animal sexuality and deep care love. And having to harmonize those two things. Now, you've also got to keep in mind, how well do we know each other? Not that well. You know, we've had one walk on the beach, one night previous to this, and this was our second night together. So we're still learning about each other. But this was uh, an incredible learning moment for both of us. Which also reminds me, in the talk that I had with her back at the gardens, I also mentioned, I forgot to say this to you guys, but one of the things I did say to her is that, you know, we got lessons to serve each other. That's the other thing about these open relationships. We've got lessons to serve, but it doesn't mean that we'll always have the lesson to serve. So that's why we always need to be honest with each other and truthful. I think that's where I'm going to leave this. I don't think there's anything I'm missing at this point. An amazing time was had by both throughout all stages. I'm grateful to you, aka Sarah, Sarah, even though I know it's not your name. And we shall reconvene, my friends, at another time. Thank you very much for diving into today's session. It was great to have you here and I'd love your feedback. If you want to send me a message on either social media, on Instagram or on Facebook or through the website, all the links are down below. That'd be greatly appreciated. 
And if you would like to help to support the podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link or through boldoja.com. Again, all the links down below. Also, if you're not signed up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip, you can do so over at boldoja.com. Just a quick sip of Social Dynamics, a little cheeky article. It's free every single week. Comes out on Fridays, Australian time, and also some other sexy updates from the rest of the universe and any other things that I think you guys need to know about that will not get censored over on social media. If you'd like to book one-on-one coaching sessions, create action plans, and overcome limiting beliefs to help you move forward in your life across any area of the temple, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, you can reach all of that through boldojo.com. Send me an email there if you're not quite sure, but you can check out the Bowl coaching memberships or just once-off sessions. And I look forward to diving deeper with you. You can also pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, on boldojo.com. A nice five-track, eh, we call it an album, but it's actually more of a course, just diving deep into who you are and evolving beyond. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash Adam Uwe, A-D-A-M-O-O-I, or also directly on boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section. There's a direct link through the website if you want to donate through that as well. And anything that you guys donate is always most appreciated and just goes back to help supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at The Bowl. So thank you very much. And finally, I wish you all the strength and power as you move forward in this life, not only learning how to interact better with other people, but learning how to interact better with yourself. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.